0: You're listening to Your Marriage Aways, the wedding planning podcast. Welcome to this episode of Your Marriage Awaits. I am joined by the lovely Laura Giddy. She is a celebrant, a recently married woman, um, and just an incredible person. She is going to talk to you about what a celebrant does, how to find a really good one, and how to make sure that your ceremony is the best that it can be. I'm going to pass it over to Laura, and she's going to tell you a little bit about herself. Yeah. Yeah,
1: hi. Thanks for having me in this cute studio. Um, so I've been a celebrant for coming up 11 years. My first wedding was in 2012. So I had friends that asked me to do their wedding when they got engaged, which was really lovely. So my first wedding was for people that I knew and, um, and loved. And I got a little bit emotional when I like announced them as married you know, at the end of the ceremony. But nobody cared because they all knew that I knew them and it was lovely. And then I just really got the bug, I guess, and had other people asking me and friends of friends kind of built it up over time um, and now it's the main thing that I try to you know focus on is my job and I love it it's just every wedding is different because every couple is different um, it has never it's never going to get old I reckon. So yeah it's the best job you oh. probably think your job's the best job and I think my <laughs> job's
0: the best job I think a lot of wedding vendors mm. got into weddings because of their friends so thank you friends yeah <laughs> if that was you friends. we appreciate yeah. you yeah definitely the first wedding I did actually was my, for my photography teacher was just oh. kind of scary, but yeah, then friends, yeah, because they're like, well, mm. you can just do mine as well.
1: <laughs> like, thank you. All right. I have, yeah, I have married some celebrants, and there is definitely a extra bit of, yeah, like they know how yeah. good it can be, <laughs> and they're trusting you to do it
0: and what it's supposed to be. they are like, because mm. I feel like with first dances or whatever, it's like, yeah, you muck it up, but no one knows what the choreography is, mm. but they kind of know how but the ceremony have. is supposed to go. Yeah.
1: Ultimately, they trust you and they, you know, they love you. That's why they've asked you to do it. But you're just, you know doubting
0: a bit on the inside. Yeah, for sure. Well, I'm so excited to have you on the pod today. We are going to be answering a few questions from our Instagram followers. Um, And if you're listening to this now, you can follow us on Instagram and be a part of asking questions for our future guests. Um, So just look out for the stories and then your questions will be answered. So we have a few questions that have come in. A lot Mm -hmm. of them are really about kind of what is a celebrant's role. So do you want to kind Mm -hmm. of cover a little bit about what a celebrant does, and then maybe we can delve into a few more questions that they've had.
1: Yeah, I think it can be a bit confusing or, yeah, a bit. it's a bit weird when you start planning your wedding because in TV and movies you see, like, priests at weddings as the celebrant and, you know, you see what they do but then you don't really, if that's not what you're looking for and you're wanting a um, another kind of ceremony, then, yeah, you don't really know... What, who this person is, what role they're going to have, if they're meant to know you, if it's meant to be personal, you know, all those things. So basically the celebrant is the person that legally does the paperwork and gets you married, which is obviously key, but hopefully more than that just sets the scene for the rest of your day. So means that your guests really enjoy... ceremony it's not just the legal stuff you know if we only did the legal responsibilities it would take like less than five minutes to get married but (laughs) which some people people want (laughs) want but but other people want it to be you know more than that so hopefully the celebrant is someone who gets to know you and your partner and then can personalize a story and a ceremony around what you two want and there could be other elements included in that if you want that like other guests coming and doing you know readings poems prayers songs all those things or it could just be you know, the celebrant led. Um, they'll help you with their vow, your vows, hopefully, um, send you some examples or have you, you know, if you want to send them to the celebrant for some advice, that's, that's hopefully all good. Then they'll come to the rehearsal if you want one. Uh, on the day, they'll obviously take care of everything and behind the scenes make sure it's not stressful for you. They'll get you married and then they just kind of disappear into the background <laughs> as you're celebrating and having cocktails and canapes.
0: That's awesome. Um, yeah. And so some people have said, like, does your celebrant have to be your MC? Is your MC your celebrant? Like, mm. how does that work? Because obviously, your celebrant is there for so much more than just your ceremony. Like you said, it's, yep. it's all that pre work that they're doing. And then maybe they'll stay around, <laughs> have a photo with you, chat with guests if they know, um, and then they head off. But do some stay on? Do, how yeah, does that work?
1: So more and more of us uh, as celebrants, I think, are picking up MC duties as well because it means that we've already gotten to know the couple and usually some of their friends and you know family and guests and things the bridal party so if we're going to be getting to know them anyway and we can help for the rest of the evening then it takes that responsibility off asking a guest to be an MC. Some people have a guest that they want to be an MC and that is really comfortable doing it but if you don't have someone who would enjoy that role then you can ask somebody who you've already hired to be there as your celebrant and they know you and will also just keep things moving in the background, help with photos, help with speeches, um, just make sure all the things are happening, like people know about the photo booth, people know where the bathrooms are, all those kind of details. So, yeah, more and more celebrants are doing both, but you don't have to have that person doing both.
0: Yeah, I've actually never thought about the fact that, like, yeah, they've gotten to know you over that Mm. time, so it kind of just makes sense for them to step into their MC role because I've done Mm. hundreds of weddings and, you know, sometimes the celebrants stay, sometimes it's a completely new MC, sometimes it's a family member, it's just like... Mm another vendor right and so DJ
1: does MCing as well like that's getting more
0: and more common. yeah yeah Um, so I feel like there's no like right or wrong like you don't have to hire your celebrant to be your MC but also this (laughs) the other way around like it's okay you can choose whatever you want but if that is the right choice for you and it makes it easier then awesome one less person do you have to email and organize and
1: (laughs) coordinate and yeah they've gotten to know you and some of your guests anyway so hopefully when it comes to photos and speeches and stuff they'll be helpful because they already know you and your vibe
0: yeah yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of questionnaires in my role as a photographer. Do celebrants also do that kind of stuff? Like, how, how if if someone's going to marry me, <laughs> mm-hmm. how do they get to know me and my partner?
1: Yeah, so definitely questionnaires are something that most of us would use. So if a couple books me, then I send them the questionnaire straight away, and that's got questions like, how did you meet, and what do you remember about each other from that first meeting. Um and it's really cute because if if couples meet online then they've usually got the record of that those first messages because you've like got the screenshots from the app or whatever you know whereas if you meet in a bar or meet at school you might not necessarily remember like
0: the yeah exact first the meet cute other, moment <laughs> which
1: is really cute the first things you talked about um so yeah those sorts of questions and then like what does getting married mean to you what do you love most about this other person how did you decide you wanted to get married um. What do you want the wedding day to be like? What, what kind of feel do you want it to have? So those are the things that celebrants will then use to write the ceremony. So that's how we would get to know you. And we would usually meet with you a couple of times as well. But obviously, you know, you're busy planning a wedding. So we're trying to, you know, fit in around you. So I always send that to my couples straight away. And then they'll send that back to me. And I send them the script of what I've written to make sure they're comfortable with it if they want to read it. Okay. Sometimes, yeah, some couples want a surprise on the day. But other times people, or at least one of the couple, will will want to just have a read-through just in case. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's that's how hopefully we kind of get to know you and your partner. And I always want to make sure that if, if someone's writing their vows and they're sending them to me, that I'm not using, like, their best, you know, anecdote or their cute bit that they're going to use. I don't want to take their of thunder course. from their vows. So yeah. So that's also why I like to help with vows because then I can, you know, okay, I'll take that bit out of the speech, give them you know, that focus themselves. Yeah,
0: you've shared the gag and then, yeah, and then he does it that, like, oh.
1: <laughs> or their, their favourite thing about the other person or, their, their, you know, the memory they want to share in their vows. I want, you know, the focus to be on the couple. Not
0: on yeah. Mm. So how do they, like, so they're writing their vows. Like, is there a timeline? Like, do you have to, how soon do they need to do that so that you can make it work?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a range of timelines. And I think it's like when you're at school or uni, there are always people that, Got assignments done like a week or two weeks in <laughs> advance and then there were some people that just needed that night before pressure yeah. to just get it done the due date so, is the due date
0: is yeah. my literal life slogan well
1: then yeah. You, <laughs> when did you finish your
0: vows well I planned my wedding in 11 days so That's I think true. I did it the Everything day before was, yeah. which was not uh ideal but I wrote my vows with my husband nice. so we yeah. actually sat down together and we wrote ours together because we kind of wanted them to be synchronous like it's a yeah. little bit old school but we also added our own little touches. And I think maybe the little touches we did separate. Personalised. Does that make yeah.
1: sense? Yeah. yeah. And lots of couples wanna do that. They wanna make sure there's like a similar vibe to, to the other persons. People are really worried that one person's gonna go for like three pages and it's gonna be really like romantic and all this fairy tale stuff and then the other person's just gonna be like, I love you, let's yeah. get married, you know? So people will often send them to us to kind of make sure they fit the vibe but yeah a lot of couples will write them together or decide on the outline together I've definitely been like on the way to the wedding and someone's emailed me their vows and I've had to like stop at warehouse Stationery <laughs> and, printed and, and I don't it doesn't bother me having to do that sometimes obviously the, the timing isn't great but I just think you don't need to be thinking about it yeah on your wedding day or I'll wake up on the day of the wedding and I'll have had an email that's been sent at like 3 30 a.m and I'm like why are you awake like there's so much other stuff going on that week and I just think you know how you feel about the other person get it out of your head yeah it's
0: not going to change in those two weeks
1: (laughs) no but there's that pressure I think people feel again probably from movies and and tv and stuff and the fact that it's so public and and we don't do this kind of thing often we don't in front of all our friends and family you know say these really emotional things so people put that pressure on themselves but I try to say to people like There's no rules. You know how you feel about each other. You don't have to say everything you've ever felt about this other person. And also it can be private. You can do it in your first look photos, you know, before or after the ceremony. Um, If if you're not comfortable saying it in front of everybody, that's fine. We can give you some other vow, you know, standard vow templates to choose from. Um, But yeah, there's no, some celebrants might have like a a deadline for it to be sent to them. But I've just always kept it loose whenever. Yeah. Um, And if that's on the day, then that's just how you, how you work. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I feel like if you have like an in general in your head, oh, I'm going to have my vows written by this time. Sure. You know, if it takes you a few extra days, then that's fine too. But yeah, if you're kind of one of the type A personalities, (laughs) um, yeah, you're going to want to get that done quick. So, you know, it's out of the way, but I want to touch on what you said. You said some people, yeah, do this romantic long vow and some kind of go for the funny side. And one way to kind of avoid that happening is sending that to your celebrant pre and knowing. Is this something people should talk about? Like, hey, I'm writing my vows and, you know, these are the kind of things I'm including. Like they can still be a secret. You don't have to tell Mm. your your partner who or what it's about. Like it can be okay.
1: (laughs) But you yeah, know what I mean? I think I think if you at least start the writing process together where you say, like, I'm thinking roughly this many words or I'm thinking it's going to take this many minutes, you know, and this is the vibe that I'm going for. I think mostly people know themselves and their relationship more than they realize, and they do tend to have, like, a matching kind of yeah tone and vibe. I also had another couple that they both sent their vows to, like, was one of It was like a sister-in-law or something or a close friend. And so that person did the kind of checking and, you know, making sure they match because that's someone that obviously knows them and knows them both. Um, but I think most of the time they do end up matching and having a similar tone. I've also written like a template where you could decide, okay, we're both going to say the same first line and the same last line. That's cool. And then we're going to follow, you know, here are some things that I love about you. Here are some things I'm looking forward to about getting married. Here are some promises, you know, so that you know it's generally following, the same thing, and also because it's intimidating just to have a blank page and be like, "What do I say?" Yeah, about this
0: person, <laughs> and then Google how to write that. Yeah, yeah you want to millions, avoid that because there's, there's going to be, online, but there's too much. There's going to be thousands of pages, and and it's so different. Yeah. So yeah, lean into your celebrant. I guess mm. really is the mm. tip on that one. They'll be able to guide you, maybe provide templates if you need yep. it, yep. but also can
1: Look at check it.
0: <laughs> Not that it's wrong, but check it to see if you're matching, mm-hmm. kind of in your in your tone and your. And what yeah, you're talking about.
1: No one's ever sent me anything where I've been like, oh, don't say that. You know, there's, yeah you can't people get wrong. Yeah. Um, mm. But yeah, if you want a bit of a tone check, then your celebrant should definitely be able to help with that.
0: Yeah, totally. Cool. One of the other questions, which I think is a massive one, um, that's come through is, can my friend be my celebrant? <laughs> yeah. So this is quite a big topic. Yeah. Um, what, what do you think?
1: Yeah, so a lot of people are quite keen for a friend or a family member to get registered in order to marry them and like we said a lot of us started out in this industry because friends asked us to do their wedding in that role Uh, and then it's just worked out for us that we've continued doing it. Um, It's a bit harder now to have that person you know it's a bit more of an effort to get registered you've got to pay you've got to have interviews you've got to continue that registration if you want to so I wouldn't necessarily Bank on it happening if there's, especially if there's a short timeline before sure. the wedding. Like you do have to allow a bit of time for that process. How but, long? Like, um I would at least allow six months, but probably more like ten. Okay. Because especially if you're applying over summer when they're busy, when with everyone busy, yeah, yeah and, and and getting wedding licenses and things. And they also don't want you to only apply if you're just planning on doing one wedding, because then it's not a community service, you know. At, to be a celebrant for everyone else. Yeah. So the other way to do it is if you've got a friend who you want to be involved, a good celebrant will be able to include that person while still also doing the marrying. Because yeah, I'm sure your friend is great and obviously knows you and loves you, so they can do the bit where they talk about the two of you and how cute you are and how you got together, all those fun things. But then the celebrant can do the introduction, weave that into the rest of the story you know offer the help about vows and rings and and obviously do the legal signing and so a good celebrant can include that friend while also not putting all the pressure on them to have to do this thing that they don't don't know how to do yeah um and so that yeah that's a way to do it that is easier for the friend and puts less pressure on the timeline like making sure it happens but also includes a celebrant who you know we've done lots of weddings we've had training we've had experience we've got a network we've got you know support systems behind us so unless you've got a friend who does really want to continue to do it then I think I would probably look at that option yeah yeah because stress maybe
0: right and I feel like some people think oh it'll be cheaper I'll pay my friend they'll get registered Hmm. and and like you said like you they're wanting people that want to continue doing it. So it could be tricky in those interviews or like reference yep. parts to kind of solidify that. So it's not really so much about the money, say like if you really want your friend to do your ceremony because you adore them and they mm. know you so well, you're going to get a celebrant that will weave that in to it. And that's great. That's I think that's really lovely that that's something that celebrants do. It's not because mm. it's not about them, right? The wedding is about their no. couple. So all of your wedding vendors are going to want to do what is best for the couple, and that includes the celebrant. So,
1: person then, and, and the same as sometimes people have got a family member that is a pastor or a priest or has a religious background, so they want to include that person, and that's the same thing. They might not be legally allowed to do the marrying, but a good celebrant will want to support the couple to do, to do whatever they want. Yeah. Um, and that includes, yeah, including those special people. And then letting that special person also just sit back and relax and enjoy it, like not having to kind of yeah. oversee the whole thing. Send off the paperwork yeah, later. Yeah, that's right. <laughs>
0: I'm going to have a look at what other questions came in. Ooh, can we use generic vows?
1: Yeah, so they, when they say generic, they probably mean like the, you know, for richer, for poorer, sickness and in health, maybe yeah. those kind of things. Or just, you know, you've Googled vows and you've come up with something. And yeah, of course you can. And other people have written really beautiful things and put them on the internet. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. You definitely can use generic vows if you feel more comfortable or if you're going to write each other a letter that you're going to you know read that morning or if you're going to do the first look vow idea but you just want some simple ceremony vows then absolutely
0: yeah yeah one question that came through quite a lot how much does celebrants cost
1: (laughs) yeah I mean like with anything giving a number is is not really going to show any context
0: it's impossible any wedding vendor how much are flowers well what do you want yeah how much are photos well what do you want (laughs)
1: And just giving a a ballpark figure is not really going to tell you anything because, yeah, that is that for somebody who just turns up on the day and doesn't do any personalising? Or is that for somebody who's, yeah, going to get to know you, have some meetings, have some, you know, do the questionnaire, write the ceremony, help with vows, all those things. So, like with anything, there's a a spectrum of, you know, costs involved. Um, And also, I feel like when you're paying for a celebrant, you're paying for their experience their training same as with photographers like they're we're, we're paying for your networking and the stuff that you've learned along the way to get to this point yeah um as well as just on the day a lot of people think that you know all a celebrant does is turns up on the day yeah. for 20 minutes and if you have got a celebrant that does that maybe that's what you want and you do just want it to be short and sweet and you don't want it personalized and that's fine but a lot of people want something a bit more than that so like with anything I mean you can pay you could pay $200, you could pay $1,000. Like, yeah, a- so
0: there's kind of a range. And obviously that depends on the value that they're bringing to your wedding day. Mm-hmm. And it's that prep before and it's how you want that ceremony to look. So mm-hmm. I guess what you need to do when you're looking for a celebrant is firstly find someone that you feel like you connect with. So whether that's having been to a wedding and you thought, wow, mm-hmm. that was a really great ceremony, you know they brought great humor into it or grandma really loved it you know Mm -hmm. um so that's kind of one way people find celebrants what do you look for if you're trying to find a celebrant and you haven't been to a wedding recently that you loved one
1: yeah so if people are looking on you know social media or it might be that the venue has some people that they work with a lot or the photographer might recommend you know celebrants to look at Um, I would definitely suggest meeting with a few different celebrants. I think it's fine to sort of interview us, you know, you don't have to book us just because you've met with us, because you do want it to be somebody that you feel comfortable with. Same as with a photographer, they're spending all day with you guys, that they need to book somebody who they're comfortable with and who then they can feel relaxed on the other side of the lens. So the same as for us, you want to book somebody who you trust that can tell your story and, you know, do do it justice. So yeah, meet with a few of us, you might not know what to ask. The celebrant should just kind of guide you through the interview process and let you know their, you know, their steps and, and how it would normally happen. They might ask some questions about you and about the kind of wedding that you're planning. But, yeah, meet with a few of us and then just go off the vibe and who you sort of feel is going to be able to, yeah, accurately present you guys Um and some of it will include cost and there might be different costs for if someone's doing a rehearsal or if they have a sound system or if there's travel involved, all those kind of things. So make sure you know that the celebrant is available for the date first and foremost and then meet with two or three people and go from there.
0: Yeah, yeah, perfect. You mentioned in there travel as well. I think if you're doing a destination wedding and you're trying to find a, a celebrant, obviously you're going to... Google it based on location as well. But, Mm. like, we can all jump jump on Zoom and, (laughs) like, it doesn't have... You don't have to meet in person. Obviously, Mm. if you can, it's a nice way because you really get to know who they are. But, like, Zoom is been so handy I think mm. as wedding vendors we can just quickly have a meeting with people but I feel like yeah having a good sit down like 30 minutes mm. really kind of try to get to know that celebrant so that they can get to know you mm. I mean you don't have to tell them your whole life story but you want to see how they kind of bounce off you and if it's like yeah. a nice energy because yeah like you said it's it's a pretty important part of your day your ceremony is going to be something that you look back on and reflect on mm. for the rest of your life as, as a married couple so you want it to be perfect you don't want to just choose someone because they had a cool profile picture or you like their website you know you want to go off their personality. One of the questions that came through which I thought was kind of interesting you touched on it because you had a questionnaire and you personalised ceremonies. Do celebrants always write a new ceremony for their couples?
1: I would say that a good celebrant should but some of it will depend on how much we're getting from the couple on their questionnaire so if people are just giving one word answers or not very much detail or they just say you know i don't remember or i don't know as the answer then that kind of leaves us really needing to draw on like creative writing but also maybe some previous weddings that we've done because couples will have similarities with other couples that we've married so maybe they you know they were high school sweethearts or they've been married before or they're blending their families or they met online or any of those things so yeah sometimes we will draw on other things that we've written for different couples but if a couple gives us really good information on the questionnaires then we won't need to do that because we'll have plenty of gold to to kind of work with so it should be personalized but that's also going to depend on a bit of give and take
0: from yeah and you'll know that in the booking yeah. process, you'll, you know, that celebrant will explain mm. to you, this is how I base my ceremony, it's off the answers that you give. So, yep. top tip, <laughs> fill out that questionnaire like mm. it's an exam, <laughs> give yep. as much both information as you can. do them
1: if you want, like, send two separate ones if you want to. Like
0: That's really a fabulous idea, because then mm-hmm. they can mush the two. Yeah, yep. okay, I like yep. that. Do two copies. <laughs>
1: both do
0: it, yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Okay, so your wedding's been and gone, you've had this amazing wedding day, now what? Like, do we as couples need to do anything? What are the things that happen after a wedding?
1: So after the wedding, the celebrant will send off the paperwork, which is what makes it official. You're basically married on the day as soon as you've exchanged vows and those legal responsibilities have been done by the celebrant. So on that day you can go about using your new name, you can call yourself a wife or a husband or whatever you want to say, and then the celebrant will send off the paperwork to make it official and if you want to get a certificate to confirm that you're married or if you're gonna do any name change stuff, then that'll get posted to you You know, within a couple of weeks. Um, the celebrant will let you know that they've done that or that'll be in their contract with you, You know, that that's their responsibility. But then we also, you know, we have gotten to know you and have loved being invested with you as a couple. And so we love to see photos. If we've gotten to know the other vendors, then we might already see those when they get posted. But we love yeah, being tagged in photos and being a part of that as well. They might have, the celebrant might also stick around a little bit to get a photo with you after the wedding themselves or the photographer might do that so yeah we love to see the video and the photo after it's all been and done and then yeah it's this lovely relationship where you've got to know someone on you know one of their happiest day and then you've always got this special connection with them and maybe you stay in contact but it's yeah it's this kind of funny relationship that's just like encapsulated and then it's and then it's done
0: yeah it's such a privilege mm, i think it's it such a special role that you can play in someone's wedding day as you were sharing I thought of a question mm-hmm. because I think people will wonder on your wedding day someone always gives like the celebrant always gives someone a copy of paper mm. what mm. is that and who should look after it
1: <laughs> so yeah what I tend to do is there's there's two copies that you sign on the day the particulars and one copy is for the couple and one copy is what the celebrant sends off so the copy you're keeping is just a backup copy until the certificate arrives. What I tend to do is put it in an envelope and put that in like the wishing well, the card box, the present table, that kind of thing. If you're at a wedding at a wedding where you've got a venue, then you can leave it somewhere safe because somebody's always going to take those things home, the cards or that kind of thing. If you're doing a wedding somewhere else where there isn't that set up, or you've got a you know, an online wishing well or something, then I usually trust one of the parents to hold on to it and I'll put on the envelope what it is and that they don't need to do anything with it. I've never really given it to the couple because they've got so many other things going on and it looks awful in photos and them this, <laughs> this envelope and somebody might put it in their suit pocket and forget about it or put it down you forget about it the some celebrants will send it to them after the wedding and just not give it to them on the day at all but yeah that's just your backup copy of the wedding license with all your witnesses signatures and those sorts of things on it but once the certificate comes through then that's your proof that you've
0: gotten married. Perfect because I knew someone would ask that.
1: (laughs) Fair enough yeah.
0: Well because you have recently been married I wanted to ask you about how you found wedding planning being a wedding vendor like you're in Mm. the industry and now you're you know having to plan a wedding how did you find it what was hard what what was great about it?
1: Yeah so we we got we were engaged for say about a year before we got married um and I quickly knew what I did and didn't want for our wedding um I mean I can say we but it's mostly that I knew because he hasn't been to as many weddings as I you know have and didn't have all that kind of experience he was bringing to it which was most of the time really helpful that he didn't have all those preconceived ideas you know as we were deciding things but I quickly had a list of things I knew that I didn't want um and then it was harder to sort of nail down what I did actually want but I think because I've been to so many weddings I knew the things that people would remember and focus on and the things that are lovely like fluff and great if you can afford it but I knew what was going to be important, and that was that we'd have all our favorite people there, we would get married, there'd be food and drink, and somebody would be taking awesome photos. And that's what we had. Um, So we, yeah, I loved our day, obviously. We're all, you know, we all think our wedding day was the best. (laughs) Um, But yeah, we had heaps of fun. We got ready together. Uh, We didn't have a bridal party, so we spent the morning getting ready. We'd seen each other's outfits already, so that was a really nice, relaxed time. And then we went into town for some photos um and then we walked into our ceremony together which i think was one of my favorite parts of the day just coming in together seeing everyone's sort of happy smiling faces and we walked into the jurassic park theme song which is from my favorite movie so that was really fun um and then i trusted my celebrant um who's a really good friend and i knew that she'd be awesome at it i didn't see what she was going to say beforehand because i knew that she'd be great and i didn't feel like i needed to manage that side of things. Yeah. I said to my husband that he could look at the ceremony if he wanted to, because obviously he didn't have that experience with it. But we, we just both trusted her to say whatever. And it was awesome because then it meant we were hearing it for the first time in the ceremony. And we also had a videographer, so we've been able to watch it since. Um, and it was really it was really cool to hear it for the first time. And, and there were some surprises in it that, you know, we weren't expecting. We also did our vows separately, so we didn't know what each other was going to say. We knew roughly length and, like, the type of card it was gonna fit yeah. in, that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, it was fun being on the other side of the ceremony things because I guess I had a I had a vendor that I trusted and I knew would be awesome. I could just let her let her do it and yeah. that she would take care of things. I think I probably took over when we did the signing just by default. It was just like showing our witnesses <laughs> you where we yep. had to sign and you know it's just what I'm used to doing. But it was cool as well to be able to sign like in the in the partner and the bride yeah rather than not the the celebrant celebrant.
0: well imagine if you went to write it and you're like oh
1: (laughs) wrong one and she has to marry him Um, (laughs) yeah so it was yeah it was an awesome day and I think we focused on what was important to us and what we could afford and um, we didn't want to expect you know our parents or our families to contribute and they did which was awesome but we we didn't want to expect that um, so yeah we had a really fun day and I'm and I'm really glad with all the decisions that we made um, I think it's hard to feel it's easy to feel overwhelmed with like there's so many options and there's so many beautiful ideas and venues and photographers and things you can do but you also are planning for the rest of your life together and that's one of the reasons that I love even the name of this podcast the fact that it's setting you up for the rest of your marriage together it's not just about this one day and if you've got the money and the resources then sure have a lavish you know amazingly styled wedding but I don't think anybody should do that if it's going to put them into debt or stress or you know any of those things beforehand so I think you can get carried away but as long as you kind of pull yourself back in every you know a few weeks and just think okay so what's going to be most important to us and that'll be different to different couples like some couples will really want a band because live music is really important to them some couples will you know really want a big bridal party because that's important to them there's you know a range of things but if you've decided what is key for the two of you and focus on that then everything else will come together with you know with that as your focus
0: yeah it's about those priorities and I think I mean we talk about it in the budget episode you know sitting down and you coming up with what your top three are, he coming up with what yeah. his top three are, or she's like, whatever, like you're then you're comparing and going, okay, these are actually what's important. Let's put our money into that, or let's make sure that that's a real highlight for our guests. And it sounds like you did that with, you know, your venue so that you could have everyone there and, you know, your photographer because that was really important. And, mm-hmm. yeah, video so you can listen to your ceremony again because that's your whole, like, <laughs> life as a celebrant now. So, yep. Yep. yeah, and, it sounds we also like... Had
1: a, we had our reception at a bar, so it wasn't, we didn't need to have a sit-down fancy meal. You know, it was all... Like beers and pals and fried foods and yeah, but like, fries like you know that was also awesome. <laughs> that was important to us just to have it kind of relaxed and you know we didn't have a seating plan or you know table decorations anything because that wasn't important to us because we yeah we had the focus on photography videography having everybody there and and also the focus on it not being stressful for anybody mm. because I still had a summer of weddings to do so I couldn't put everything into it being a DIY thing or a really expensive thing so. We had family traveling, we wanted to be able to spend time with them and not be planning right up until the day. I told myself in the planning process that I didn't want to be going to a mall like the day before the wedding because I had to do something or I had to get something. Mm I was like, if it hasn't happened by the day before the wedding, it's probably not crucial and I'm just not going to do it. Yeah,
0: I think that's really important to touch on too. Like, if you are doing a DIY wedding, you are then committing to kind of being the person that has to sort that out like you're going to delegate but at the end of the day if you need to get something the day before Mm -hmm. that's you you know no one's going to go and do that for you so if you don't want to be stressed then just decide what's important to DIY and do those things and then outsource the (laughs) the rest of it which it sounds like you did and you still had the most incredible day because you planned it to be what the vision of what you had in mind
1: yeah and I remember my mum saying to me that you know she just didn't want to have to do any dishes and I knew that I wasn't going to ask her to do dishes but yeah we don't have parents or families that could just stay behind and you know pack down the tables and pack down the hall and that kind of thing we didn't want to put that on them we we would have had friends that would have you know put their hand up obviously to do it but we just wanted somewhere that we could walk in and walk out yeah that was important to us as well.
0: yeah, no, I love yeah. that I think. Yeah, the wedding should be as much about you as it is about the guests and their enjoyment. Mm. So it sounds like it was a really beautiful wedding to be at. I wish I was there. <laughs> yeah, it was
1: really fun. Yeah, and we got some awesome photos and and the videos, are so
0: cool. Yeah, cool. Oh, well, we'll share some on the blog post mm. if, we, if you yes, don't mind. For sure. For <laughs> sure. Cool. Well, now coming up is my favorite part. Mm-hmm. It's the hitch glitch. Explosions. I hope there's no explosions no, I <laughs> on had your a, wedding I haven't day. had weddings with explosions yet. <laughs> the statistic is like one in 500,000
1: weddings. I, I
0: hope, hope there's, there's a graph for that. that. Does the census... Nah, the census... <laughs> doesn't. This is important information Infim- that they need yep. to collect. Well, this is the time where you share any horror stories. Uh, no, horror story sounds awful. Sure. Uh, incidences... <laughs>
1: On things wedding days, yeah, and I mean, to some level, every wedding is, is going to have things that oh, don't yeah. quite go to plan. Yeah, and hopefully, if you're relaxed enough, then there might be a hitch. There might even be a hitch. Hopefully, that or a glitch, rather, that you don't know about. Like, if your friends, family, bridal party, partner can just take care of something as it pops up, you don't even know. Then that's the ideal. Or your or your vendors. Yep. Um, but in terms of glitches, um, they've definitely been. I mean, Auckland can be very busy in summer and a lot of glitches will be around travel, getting to venues, you know, ferries, traffic, all those kinds of things. A lot of venues in Auckland are kind of on the outskirts of the city so you're having to go, you know, through. Uh, So I definitely had a wedding a few years ago where I had a couple that were getting married at a family property and the bride was I think it was 45 minutes late in the end because the zip on her dress had broken and so she needed to be like sewn into it rather than getting another zip in time. And we knew that that was happening. Somebody had let us know that that was why they were taking longer, and which is such a relief because you can imagine before the internet and cell phones, somebody's just standing there (laughs) potentially at the front of the church not knowing what, like, that's the nightmare. So. I knew that that was what was happening and that they were going to be delayed because of it. But it was also one of the rare days that summer where I had a second wedding that day. And I don't often, I'm not able to often do two in a day because, again, with Auckland and travel and those kinds of things, you can't get across town. Everybody wants to have a wedding at 3 or 3.30. So unless there's like a morning wedding or an evening one, you often can't do two. But this one, because the venues were close enough um, and one was a later you know afternoon one I had another one booked and these couples knew about that as well but nobody plans for no when <laughs> on your wedding dress to break so it was fine and I was able to get to both but and the other couple were relaxed and they were already hanging out with their guests okay a smaller family thing and so they were just able to kind of continue and I didn't get there you know that much later I probably couldn't stay and kind of mingle with the first couple as long as I would have but I was still able to do, you know, everything that we planned. Oof. Um, But it's, yeah, there's not many weddings each summer where I do have two. Yeah. There is, you just have to make sure. Now you're they're the extra organized. bit. <laughs> yeah, a little bit more of a buffer in, in terms of time. Because, yeah, you do have to just factor in things that you can't plan for. Yeah. And then I had another wedding in my first few years that was on a beach. And before the... Couple, so before the bride, it was a bride and groom, and the groom was there, but the bride hadn't arrived yet, and we had just like a desk, one of those old school desks on the beach that we were doing the signing on, and I think I'd put paperweights down on the paperwork, but it was windy, and the paperwork flew into the ocean. <laughs> like luckily, all the papers? The two copies that we needed to oh. sign, not my script or anything, but yep. you know, the legal documents. This was before... Um, before they were online versions. So now you get a wedding license sent to you on email. And so you've always got that digital copy. Like, if you lose it, someone can print it again. And we could have, you know, just delayed it. But this was... For those times you just got given an envelope that you couldn't lose
0: yeah like that's the, the document
1: and so luckily a couple of groomsmen ran down the beach and went into the water to get the paperwork I didn't yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Have some photos and I can send you the photo of me just kind of stepping back just making sure that everything everyone's in control of everything but I'm not the one going in the ocean and so they got them out and it was so hot you know peak January wedding that by the time we got to the point in the ceremony where we needed them they had dried out and so now I've got like bulldog clips and clipboards and everything's like held sometimes I give the paperwork to somebody sitting in the front row to hold on to like I just don't want to put it anywhere near a a cliff or like a body of water um and luckily now we've we've got this online copy so there's always a backup but and because it happened before she arrived we were able to tell her about it afterwards and it's obviously memorable and the photographer got some great photos but um I guess I'm always kind of glass half full in that I'm usually pretty relaxed and just thinking like, this will probably be okay. Yeah. Like that was a situation where it definitely might not have been. But if something does happen to your paperwork on the day, then the celebrant will continue to do the ceremony and just arrange with you to do the signing at another point. If they're not able to get to a printer or if something's happened, then they are able to, you know, make that work. But this was a situation. Because
0: would it be – if if that went tits up and (laughs) the paperwork Mm. dissolved or whatever, Yeah, Yeah. would that day they got married – be their wedding day no so that's yeah that's so you'd thing. have to wait to get that we'd have to get
1: another license and then you'd the celebrant would have to meet with the witnesses and the couple you know at another time um you silver might be lining to, you'd get two de- two get wedding two, days two, two <laughs> you might be yeah. able to tell you know births deaths and marriages what happened and they know that all those people were there in attendance and saw it you know yeah you've got, you've got photos you're not yeah. yeah you've got photos of it um, it's like if people have lost their paperwork after the wedding, sure, you can prove that it all took place. Um, but no, you would you would probably have to do the signing at another point, or maybe they could go away and at the reception come and do the signing. With sure. You. Um, but everybody's seen it happen. If it's yeah, flown to the ocean
0: you place. are married. I feel like mm. if that happens to you or something
1: awful happens, you're still married. Someone keep will, keep yeah, keep doing your wedding. It and it's a funny thing that is always going to be memorable. Yeah. Know. And another wedding I did where. Um, I was meant to say about the person getting married that he would do anything for anyone and I said he would do anyone for anything. <laughs> and it was this Australian couple who just thought it was the funniest thing that they'd, they'd come down and it was a wedding on a on a like on a boat that we had out in the harbour and they just thought it was hilarious and every time it's their anniversary or I talk to her on Facebook, like she'll always message me about it and it's just so funny. Like at the time I was mortified yeah. obviously. Um, but it was the right people for it to happen to because he just thought it was hilarious and so did his friends. Um, but, you know, something stuff like that that happens, people will just remember. If you've got kids involved or dogs involved or anything, something will go slightly off script. Yeah. It's going to be fine. Yeah. You'll get married.
0: Something always happens on wedding days. I, um, I had this couple – I was photographing their wedding and – They decided they were going to do like the raffle idea for witnesses. Mm -hmm. So they just put like a cute little note under the card, like on a card under the seat. Mm -hmm. And it was the girlfriend of someone that Mm -hmm. they had to like pity and not pity invite. That sounds awful. If you're watching this, I'm sorry. They didn't know them as well. And they came up and they signed it. And then afterwards they were like, maybe we shouldn't have (laughs) have done that. So I feel like, yeah, think about the trends. If you're going to, is that something you really want? Would you be happy for anybody at your wedding to sign?
1: When I've done those ones, I've usually done them, stuck them under the front couple of rows. But I'm hoping that it's someone close enough that is sitting in those seats. And I have said the same thing to the couple in the planning process, like, okay, could be anybody yeah like, are you gonna be okay with this is it gonna be funny so you kind of think through
0: yeah I mean they have a good story now but I think I'd and be hopefully a
1: bit they like they stay together yeah
0: actually I'd love to find that out yeah yeah if, if
1: you're watching uh um, <laughs> please tell me is the relationship and the friendships what yeah you know,
0: I still yeah. remember my, my parents have their uh, wedding like marriage certificate on mm. the wall in our home. Mm. Mine's in a like ziploc folder. I've never seen
1: anybody apart from of a certain generation? Yeah, have it on the wall. But yeah. is, is, was there one a nice like border, nice font? No, I kind think of thing it was literally like the paper.
0: But the book, like, <laughs> like probably the just second copy. Mm. It was it was very sweet. It's, it's but, lovely
1: to put it up on the wall, but it's not. A it's not an
0: attractive piece of, piece of paper. No, mine I literally just used to change my name on everything and also like put in your to-do list for after your wedding (laughs) if you're changing your name there's a lot of things
1: yeah it does take a bit of but we didn't neither of us changed our name but a lot of couples are are aware of that process, and yeah. some places need the certificate copy rather than just the copy you signed on the yes. day. Yes, yeah. Proof. So you've got to keep that or get another copy.
0: and order it. it. And yeah, order it, order it so yeah. it comes so that you can get, do all that thing, it all get that stuff. To you
1: automatically. I also tell couples to take the signed copy that that they you know are given on the day. Take that with them on their honeymoon or something. You might get an upgrade. You might get a bottle of wine at the hotel. Like tell them you just got married and this is the proof. Like you Ooh, don't
0: know until you. That's must. a great tip.
1: Just yeah, take it with you if you're not if you're going straight away and you're not going to get your certificate in time just you know splash about how you only hopefully get married once yeah
0: (laughs) and they're not just going to be like wedding ring because anyone could do that that. paperwork I love it that's diligent (laughs) awesome well to wrap up the episode I think we should talk about probably how can you ensure that your ceremony is as awesome as you want it to be what are your what are your top tips to ensure that your ceremony looks like how you imagined it
1: Yeah, I think you want to meet with a few celebrants like we talked about so that you find somebody who you really connect with and who you feel comfortable with on the day and that you trust on the day to, Mm -hmm. you know, take care of that responsibility. Um, You want to, you and your partner, decide what things are important to you in the ceremony as well as for the whole day. And then the ceremony should be an accurate reflection of the two of you. Like, you should go to no one else's wedding that's going to feel like yours in the ceremony because you and your your partner are unique and so every wedding should feel different because of that and so if it feels authentic to you and maybe that means it's funny or silly or a little bit cheeky or you know you've got some roasts in your vows or whatever or maybe it means it's like romantic and a bit more sweet or serious or it means you've got you know kids involved or dogs involved or nana or whatever else so all those things are are worth considering so that your ceremony feels like an accurate representation of you and a good celebrant will lead you through that process. Some couples do just want short and sweet and get it done and that's fine too and again a good celebrant will know how to do that. Um, And then just trust the vendors on the day like with all of them but trust your celebrant to take care of things. They'll take care of things in the background that you don't even have to think about hopefully Uh, and then they'll marry you and you'll be married to your favorite person and all your other favorite people are there watching you celebrating and it's just such a fun day you wish that you could tell couples when you're meeting with them and planning with them you wish you could tell them how much fun the day is but it's really hard to hear that when you're in like the planning process and there's so many things going on in your mind and you're booking and budgets and spreadsheets and all those kinds of things but actually the day is so much fun and such a nice energy you know you've got all these people there that love you and have come to celebrate just you and you won't really care about a bunch of those little details anymore by the time you get to the day. It's hard to hear that and you don't want to sound patronising. But if you if you trust your vendors, then they will take care of everything and you yeah. just have the best time.
0: It's it's hard to hear it when they're in yeah. the depths of like, ah, there's a million things to do. But I think until you get married, <laughs> it's not int- I mean, yeah, yeah hindsight's twenty twenty. then you're like, this mm-hmm. was incredible. And you're right, things will go wrong and your vendors are there. I, the amount of times, yeah, I've fixed things and no one needs to know about it. Yep. because it's just stressful. You just
1: take care of someone's buttonhole or flowers or you've got a safety pin for something or
0: Yeah. Yep. I had a belt in my car, Groomsmith've got a belt mm. sorted like <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean there's just lots of things that your vendors can helpful for on the day and just lean into them like laura said i think mm. that's fabulous well thank you so much it's been incredible to speak with you how can we find you on socials and support you and connect with you
1: yeah so i'm on uh facebook as wedding celebrant laura Getty, and then on instagram just as celebrant laura Getty. for some reason i don't know why those are two different names um those are the two social medias that i'm on and then i've got a website which is just LauraGetty.co.nz. i'm not on any of the new trendy I'm not on TikTok, I'm not on threads, I just can't do too many social medias. But yeah, find me and, you know, send me a message. And if you know when and where, or roughly, you know, you're plan for the wedding, or if you want to elope, then we can go from there, and I'd yeah, love to be a part of it
0: awesome thank you so much and the same for us so uh your marriage awaits on instagram and then wherever you listen to on your podcast you can like and subscribe and follow if you leave a review that would be incredible um they're so important and and it just helps a lot um with other people being able to find us so listen out for our episode next week and that's all for now Yay! thank you